Hand washing and constant hygiene may be in our lives to stay, but that doesn't mean you have to resort to harsh industrial grade hand sanitizer imported from who knows where. Forcefieldproducts.com has hand sanitizer and all natural protective barrier products that nourish your skin while providing essential antibacterial protection. And it's manufactured right here in the US. Forcefieldproducts.com has hand sanitizers to use when you can't wash your hands and protective barrier gels and spritz products for extra protection after washing. All of our premium products have been hand formulated with essential oils that are proven in studies to provide extra immunity barrier protection while nourishing the skin. Forcefieldproducts.com has the products for you and your family to be confident in your health and hygiene. Use discount code BRUNO for 10% off to purchase your hand sanitizer and protective barrier products at forcefieldproducts.com. That's forcefieldproducts.com discount code BRUNO. forcefieldproducts.com discount code BRUNO. Relax, let's have some fun out here. This game's fun, okay? This is Mike Farron. If you've missed a minute of sports from the sidelines on MLB Network Radio, catch every episode on demand with the SiriusXM app. It's athletes and executives talking to athletes and executives. Hear former All-Stars Dale Murphy, Don Mattingly, Tim Raines, and Steve Sachs break down baseball in the 80s. Trevor Bauer, Matthew Boyd, and Tyler Glasnow talk pitching in 2020. Rocket broadcaster Jenny Kavnar leading a roundtable discussion with the most influential women in baseball. Don't miss sports from the sidelines. Available now on the SiriusXM app. Search sidelines. We'd all like to get out of our homes a bit more, and when we do, washing our hands and using hand sanitizer will be critical for safety. You can count on forcefieldproducts.com for top-quality hand sanitizer and all-natural protective barrier products, manufactured right here in the U.S. We offer super-portable one-ounce hand sanitizer pump bottles up to super-sized pump bottles for home and office, and protection against dry skin. Visit forcefieldproducts.com and use discount code RADIO for 10% off today. Forcefield.com discount code RADIO. The skills you develop as a soldier in the Army National Guard can give you a head start on your career. Gain practical experience with technology and equipment that will give you a leg up in the civilian world. Learn critical leadership skills and to be part of a team. Serve your community and your country part-time while earning money for an education. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn about the paid training and career opportunities available to you in the Army National Guard. The Tony Bruno Show. Tony Bruno and Harry Mays on Sirius XM Channel 211. I might be the only sports host who was hired during the no sports lockdown, which clearly means I'm an essential service. Join me Monday through Friday where we help you escape the monotony and bring a little levity and entertainment into your lives. Great interviews, lots of laughs. We will bring you everything you need and want to know. Catch new episodes of The Tony Bruno Show with Harry Mays. Weekday afternoon starting at 3 Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 and the Sirius XM app. Overcoming great challenges like COVID-19 requires great cooperation. This is Dan Hilferty, CEO of Independence Blue Cross. Most of us never imagined we'd be facing an outbreak of this magnitude. But in the face of this challenge, hospitals, public officials, and business leaders have come together. Through effective cooperation, these leaders are taking steps to keep us safe. Slowing the rate of infection from the virus will help hospitals care for those who need attention most. Remember... Stay home. Leave only for essential needs. Stay informed from sources like the CDC or Department of Health. Take a break from watching the news. Stay well. Exercise and practice self-care to make sure you're physically and mentally fit. In our great region, we have a tradition of caring for each other and cooperating to get things done. We'll do it again now. For more, visit ibx.com COVID-19. Together, we will beat COVID-19. 
thanks coronavirus for shutting down our gyms. That's okay. My new gym is my home gym. And to make sure that aches and pains don't keep me down, I use ghost sleeves to recover from injuries. Ghost sleeves are the only compression sleeves with built-in kinesiology tape. The same tape used by physical therapists, doctors, and trainers to help you recover from injuries. Just pull on a ghost sleeve and speed up your recovery without a doctor, ibuprofen, or ice. Visit ghostsleeves.com and use discount code RADIO for 20% off. Ghostsleeves.com, discount code RADIO. Listen to The Tony Bruno Show with Harry Mays. Weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 and with the SiriusXM app. A man who I've known a while, but I opened up his Twitter feed today and I said, damn, you talk about a man in isolation and self-distancing and doing everything else, but certainly not shaving. I'm not shaving, Harry. I look pretty raggedy right now. But this man, Adnan Burke of the MLB Network, Adnan, what the hell is going on in your house, man? Tony, great to be reunited, my friend. The key is this. We live in a profession where so often you're wrapped up in your own vanity and self-absorption, and everything is about hair and teeth. So when you have a situation like this, an unprecedented one, a quarantine, a pandemic, no one's going to work, everyone's working from home, I said, okay, let's indulge ourselves in some self-loathing. Let's look about as unappealing as possible, and let's just let it go. And I shared that with the entire world. There's gray everywhere. It's airy. It's unkempt. I want people to look at me and go, oh, my God, what's happened to him? And clearly, that was your reaction. Yeah, and I, and I know you. So, I mean, I, I, I look at me. I mean, I don't, if I don't shave for a week, I look like a hermit. But you, I mean, that's, I wouldn't say scary, but have you been to an airport lately? That's what I want to ask. <laughs> I have not. I, I will clean myself up before I have to go, uh, you know, fly somewhere. I've definitely, at least I've been hygienic. I mean, I'm definitely showering every day and cleaning my clothes and all that kind of stuff. But the visual, the, the physical experience, excuse me, I look like a visual nightmare. And people have, have been ranging from uh, DiCaprio and The Revenant to Tom Hanks and Castaway. I adore Pacino, as you know, so I want to get that Pacino Serpico look. So I've still got some work to do. Now, how long since you've shaved then? Uh, March 6th was the last day I shaved. I was wow. on air for NHL Network, and I said, okay, let's go two months. So two months. It's unbelievable. So you kept the no-shave November thing going <laughs> all the way into May. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to keep it going until literally I have to go back to work. Like, I hope that Major League Baseball will resume this summer, and then I'll be able to have a four-month beard that I will. I don't know if I can actually have the guts to do it on the air. I'll probably just post the picture the day before. And then shave. Although, you know, the idea I'd love to do is this. I mean, if I really have any guts, I'd do this. I would shave half my face and then go to work and then just insist that the camera only get me in certain shots. So, like a, a profile shot, and people would think I had to shave and just screw with people the entire show. I don't have that kind of clout, but I'd love to do that. Well, Adnan, based on Dr. Fauci's latest, you're going to look like Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is great ZZ Top knowledge there, Harry. Oh, yeah. I mean, it could be pretty scary. You're right. I mean, what's crazy with all these different permutations and ideas is that nobody knows anything, right? Like, it's so hard for people to go, are we going to have baseball? Are we going to have bats? we have hockey? I have no idea. Like, I'm just going to – just let me know, right? Give me the bat signal. Tell me I'm going back to work, and I'll be there in a moment. So. The great Adnan Burke, MLB Network. He mentioned he does uh, some other stuff, too. And so where are you holed up now? Are you in uh, what part of the country? Yeah, we moved from uh, Central Connecticut to now North Jersey, so we're just uh, outside the epicenter, about 18 miles from Manhattan. We're in Bergen County, uh, where a lot of people work in New York, a lot of New Yorkers reside. Uh, so I actually never have to go to New York City. 
Uh, MLB Network, AHL Network is in Secaucus. Secaucus. Right. Uh, so that's where we... No, yeah, exactly. It's Sea Caucus. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Sea Caucus, as the locals tell me. The first time, by the way, I ever I ever heard of Sea Caucus. By the way, was Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. Yeah. Remember the very famous "What do you think I'm funny?" scene. The scene starts by him saying, "I'm going to visit my cousin in Sea Caucus," and he goes through the whole story. And then, you know, the whole well, you know, what am I funny with Henry Hill? Which is so good. But yeah, I'm never actually in the city, but here in North Jersey, obviously, we've been hit hard. So we just barely leave the house, man. Me and my kids, we play catch outside, we throw a football around, and that's about it. Now, now you know, you know every, what everybody else knows, but you know a little bit more because you work there and you hear news every day. And so yesterday when the owners said, yeah, we like this, we can get this thing started, let's talk about uh, another spring training couple of weeks in June and then 4th of July weekend, boom, baseball's back, and then the players get it. And then their associations, like, right, not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corso would say. And I always have to use that yeah. uh, to, uh, to commemorate the great Lee Corso. So we're now going to be in a situation where this is, we know it's always going to be about money. And now this thing's going to be, the thing's going to be bogged down for a couple of weeks. And I, I, I'm figuring it out this morning. We really have two and a half weeks to get this thing done, or it's going to be pretty much, that's going to be the absolute drop dead date to get any way, shape, or form. A little spring training thing started by June 10th, which is what would be needed to be happening before they actually could play on the 4th of July, right? No question. We've got to put the cart before the horse. You know, my dad texted me right away. He goes, oh, great. Baseball's back. I'm like, hang on a second. Exactly what he said, invoking the great league course. So, you know, let's just slow our roll here. Because, you know, life's a negotiation. It's give and take. Jimmy Hoffman said that years ago. And so we all know the owners are going to give their first offer. The players are going to counter proposal and we'll go from there. The reason I have optimism is Jeff Passan, who does a great job, obviously, covering baseball for Houston, has said, listen, there's incentive on both sides. You know, there's three things that drive anything right now, particularly for Major League Baseball. There's money, there's politics, and there's incentive. So politically speaking, you know, one of the ideas they had was about being in Arizona or Florida or Texas. You know, all GOP governors, all states that were very clearly willing to get going with the economy, whatever your opinion on that is, that was definitely in the favor of baseball. Mitch McConnell's calling... You know, Mr. Manfred saying, listen, anything you need from me, let me know. Let's do this. Money, as you point out, the players have been paid. You know, that's, that's been my whole thing with basketball and hockey. I don't know if they come back, but baseball, like all these guys got a little bit of money split apart in April. Other than that, I mean, it's easy to say, oh, Mike Trout makes $30 million or Clay Kershaw makes this. A lot of these guys are, you know, 25, 26, and I don't want to say they wouldn't play chick to paycheck, the average American, but they're not thinking about retirement. They're not thinking about things, and they were not expecting if you've been playing four or five years in the majors, oh, wait, I may not get a check for an entire year. I've got two cars, a couple of houses, whatever, whatever. So I think a lot of guys have the incentive to go back to work because of the money. I don't want to say, say they need the money, but they would like to have the money, of course. And then it gets down to urgency and incentive. Now, on an altruistic level, I'm sure Major League Baseball would like to say, hey, years from now, isn't it nice we went through this horrific chapter in American history and we were able to come back and really try to, in some ways, as phony as sentimental as it sounds, heal the nation, bring people together, et cetera. But ultimately, like what you said is, it's got to work for both sides. And so the players, Tony Clark, was very clear in saying, hey, listen, we're not going to go with this. You know, this is a salary cap in our opinion. We're going to go back to the table and figure it out. But what Jeff Passon's article said in the what was this. It would be a real shame if this didn't happen because of money. And you've already turned people off before. There's still a ton of fans, Tony, as you and I know. I'm from Canada. I have a ton of Montreal Expos fans who swore off baseball forever after what happened in 1994. So I, do I really think that the players and the owners would say, listen, do we really want to alienate the fans again by saying we had the go-ahead from Dr. Fauci's people, we had a plan in place, governors were on board, et cetera, 
and we couldn't do it because of money, that'd be an awfully, awfully bitter pill to swallow. So you're right. June 10th was the idea. We still got a little bit of time to play with, but I wouldn't be, um, I would be cautiously optimistic at this point in time. Hey, Adnan, Adnan what kind of uh, cues are they taking from what's going on over in South Korea and Taiwan right now with their baseball? Yeah, I think they definitely looked at that situation and said, okay, listen, it is doable. Like for, for the people who are doomsdayers, they know they could never do it. Well, no, they could do it. Clearly, there are countries that are doing it. In South Korea, if you look at you know what happened with, with America, you know, very similar in terms of when the cases came, but they were able to shut things down. Of course, we have not been able to do so. But, you know, I was watching the game tonight. I was laughing at the cardboard cutouts. I mean, it, it's funny to look at. For those who haven't seen it, Carl Ravitch, Teddy Perez were calling the game uh, on ESPN in remote locations, which, by the way, we could have this year. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe Buck could be calling the game in St. Louis. It doesn't have to be wherever the game is. So that's one way to eliminate TV crews, et cetera. But uh, Carl and Eddie are calling the games. Carl lives in Connecticut. Eddie lives in Florida. And they had literally cardboard cutouts in the fans. Rather than empty seats, you had cardboard cutouts. It looked hilarious. But you're like, okay, fine. So I think, you know, baseball can look at that and say, hey, if, if at some point, I think we're going to come back with no fans initially. I think everybody agrees with that. But later on, could you social distance, and rather than 40,000 at Yankee Stadium, could you have 8,000? You know, is that at least doable with masks, with gloves, and you, you, you section off the seats and then six feet apart? Can you do that? Maybe, maybe not. The big thing, I think, that this doesn't matter enough or not, if you're looking at Korea or Taiwan or whatever, but basically baseball is willing to try new things. Right? This idea about the universal DH, why not? Let's go playoff teams from 10 to 14 that will increase playoff revenue. Why not? In terms of the schedule, I don't know how many people have looked at this, but there would be a lot more reduced travel. They would like to have literally teams just playing in their geography, right? Mm-hmm. So AL Central is playing NL Central. It's wherever you are closest to, that's how the schedule is going to look. Let's reduce air travel. There's no Yankees-Dodgers games that are going to happen this year. If anything, try to have games that you can bust to each other's location. You know, so have a lot of Mets and Yankees and Mets and Phillies and teams that are close together, the Nationals, et cetera. So, I like the fact baseball said, listen, let's try things. Let's try to make it as advantageous as possible. And the good news is with Korea and Taiwan, listen, the games are happening, whether or not people were expecting them to or not. Yeah, we had our buddy uh, Book Shabi on last week getting ready for his first game, you know, remotely. And he's done games remotely. And a lot, a lot of soccer games that you see on American television are done by a guy sitting in a studio somewhere in the northeast United States and the game's being played in Turkey. You know, I mean, that, that's how it happens. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, for, I think people are always surprised by that, Tony. I've, I've called a handful of college basketball games when I was at ESPN, and I was literally in a studio in Bristol. I said, oh, this is going to be so tough to generate the atmosphere. But, of course, you can do it. You just look at the monitor, and you can follow your stats, and you're playing off somebody else. You've got a smart producer in here telling you what to do. I mean, there's, there's no question television-wise it's going to look different. But that's, that's obviously one of the biggest reasons to do this. I mean, Tom Verducci, my colleague that will be network at Core Sports Illustrated, was pointing out the fact that you get 35 to 40% of revenue from, you know, concession stands and parking, et cetera. So with that out of the pie, you're doing this for TV, but there's no reason to doubt that TV numbers would be huge. I mean, look at the numbers the last dance has been getting. I mean, you're just bathing in nostalgia from 22 years ago. People can't get enough of it. They're just so desperate to actually get some content on TV. I mean, people are watching UFC who are not mixed martial arts fans. I'm going to be watching NASCAR. I could, I could do the left turn all day. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll watch it. Any sort of sports we can get Soccer and the EPL could be mid-June. I mean, if you didn't get baseball back, those TV numbers are going to be robust. Adnan Burke, whose sports knowledge, hockey and baseball knowledge, is only surpassed by his movie knowledge. By his movie knowledge. I mean, you should have – have you done any podcasts? I know you're big on movie, and I know you do some shows. Are you doing anything regularly 
to spit. Yeah, I have a Cinephile podcast, which is on Apple Podcasts, C-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-E. You can subscribe, rate, and review. It's so funny. My whole life, I never wanted to deal with anything that was actually concrete and important. I only had two interests ever, and those were, of course, sports and movies. And somehow I've made a way to actually make a living as both. I, I feel like I'm a miracle unto myself that this habit of watching movies and watching sports has actually generated income. It's the best. You like the mob movies, though. See, I was never a big mob movie guy, but you're a big mob movie guy. I am. Huge mob movie guy. The way that started was, you know, my mom said, let's watch a movie, but she never said, she goes, I want to watch something without any violence or nudity or swearing. I said, oh, my God, how the hell am I going to find that? So we'd go watch old movies together. And so very quickly, she didn't care about subject matter. She just didn't want to have that stuff in there. So I said, okay, let me find something tolerable. Okay, fine. I can watch The Public Enemy. I can watch Maltese Falcon. So I got big into Bogart and Cagney. And I loved all their movies. And naturally, as you guys know this with sports, you know, I love Al Pacino. So the first time I saw an Al Pacino movie, I believe Carlitos Way is the first one I saw. Then you go, okay, i got to watch everything this guy's ever made. So you go back and you watch The Godfather, et cetera. And you, then you read, oh, Pacino's influenced by Brando. Let me go watch everything Brando's ever made. So it's, it's just like with sports. You say, okay, this athlete reminds you of Willie Mays. Or who's Willie Mays? They look it up and read about it. Same thing with movies. Uh, those mob movies had a big appeal for me. And, of course, Goodfellas. I mean, I think Goodfellas is the most eminently watchable movie ever. I have been shocked and aghast that there are people who have tweeted me saying they've never seen Goodfellas. And I said, please, even to your point, if you're not a mob movie fan, I think Goodfellas transcends the genre. Carlito Briganti. It's a fantastic well, uh, movie. Way, yeah, by the way, great beard in that movie. Oh, incredible. You know, Just incredible. Like, that's a good-looking, manicured beard, playing a Hispanic guy. With Carlito's Way, two incredible sequences. One in the pool hall, where he's dancing around with a trick shot, knowing he's in serious trouble. And two, and that's De Palma at his best, the last ten minutes. Sometimes De Palma's not great with dialogue, and it gets a bit clunky. But you just give him a camera and a bunch of atmosphere and go. And when Pacino is being chased through Grand Central Station, that final 15 minutes of Carlito's Way is spectacular. And Sean, Sean Penn is just outstanding oh. in that flick. As much as, that's a great point. As, as much as I love Al, yeah. the guy who probably steals the movie is Sean Penn. He is so funny as Davy Kleinfeld. He's got the fro and the coke habit and the glasses. <laughs> He's clearly having a lot of fun playing a guy who is a you know just a nerdy lawyer who's now a wannabe gangster. He's hilarious in that movie. Now we have a lot of people watching on Twitch, and uh, one of our friends, uh, Beach Babe, uh, that's not a real name. Uh, she's had some ideas for baseball without fans, you know, because there's going to be foul balls hit if they do play. And then just yeah. get a bunch of, like, shelter dogs to go chase the balls and bring them down and then and do some sort of a charity event, right? And now, would are, are they be worried about the dogs getting COVID? Because apparently some, some dogs have. I don't think that would be a dangerous situation. No, I don't think so. But I think that would be great. You know, you have you do a combo mambo. You have the, the dogs catch the foul balls. And then um, since people are watching it on TV, it can be an adoption event at the same time. How much is that yeah, doggy the in there down idea. the left field line? Watch that doggy. <laughs> he got it. <laughs> Perez would love it, of course. Famously nicknamed Doggy. Eddie Perez is that. And listen, if that would add some atmosphere, I'll take it. Like, could you imagine a, a critical 3-2 pitch? Rather than the stands being erupting with noise, you'd have the dogs start barking. I mean, it would, it would really give new meaning to Dog Day afternoon. I would just pray for having a bunch of afternoon baseball games, and the dogs would be having a blast. Now, of course, uh, now people, you know, because there's local radio guys who do, like, Goodfellas questions every day. It's not just about Goodfellas with you. You know all movies. There's only some radio hosts who just uh, talk mob movies all the time. But you're, well, you're beyond that. mob movies. 
No, no, no question about it. I mean, the, the key I find is that, you know, just like with sports, and I always found this is the key getting into the business. You guys know this, especially if you're doing talk radio. you you got to know a little bit about everything. It's mm-hmm. just in case it may pop up. So similarly with movies, I always felt like, hey, learn a little bit about everything and make your greatest strength your weakness. So even if it's going to be a little bit painful to watch Jailhouse Rock, we'll do it so that way you can say you've seen an Elvis movie. You know, even if From Here to Eternity doesn't float your boat, well, you know what? Sinatra's great. You want an Oscar, you'll, you'll find some appeal in it. So that's the key for me is to be able to watch all across all genres. I mean, listen... A few years ago, I thought two of the best movies of the year were three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, which is a gritty crime movie. It's a good Francis movie. McDormand, Sam Rockwell, and Oscars. Yeah. yeah. And then Shape of Water, which I thought was a beautiful film, and people found it very polarized. You know, what is it? It's an alien fish man in love with her, and I thought it was a beautiful film. It was a fantasy. It was an homage to Creature from the Black Lagoon. So I think if you can have an interest in varying movies like that, like movies, as Roger Ebert once said, are an empathy-generating machine. Whatever the movie makes you feel like, it shouldn't matter what the genre is. It can be powerful in its own right. So I, I always love the fact that movies can bring about different emotions in you, no matter what or where they're from. Well, what kind of stuff are you digging on in Netflix or Amazon or stuff right now? It's funny because, unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of new stuff. So what I've done is I've gone back because everyone's got a few holes in their game. Everybody can always say, okay, what haven't you seen? So I've rectified that with a few big ones. I finally watched Hitchcock's North by Northwest, which is as sensational as everybody will tell you it is. Mm-hmm. The Cary Grant crop duster scene, obviously, I was well aware of. But now that I've seen the whole movie, James Mason, I mean, uh, Martin Landau, I mean, that, that's a terrific Hitchcock movie. I've never seen De Palma's Cary. Well, horrifying scene. This is basic. God, mm-hmm. the first scene in the shower getting taunted. So now I've seen Carrie. I can knock that off the list. But they did a remake of that. The remake sucked. That's the one thing about trying to remake, like, Hitchcock classics. The ones they've remade aren't even close to as good as the original. To that point, one of the worst movies ever made, and it's funny you mention this, because I just recorded Psycho again the other day. I've seen it years ago. I haven't seen it in a while. The remake of Psycho is one of the worst movies ever made. Gus Van Sant, who's a good director, Good Will Hunting, and other films of that ilk. Vince Vaughn was in there, right? Wasn't Vince Vaughn in there? Vince Vaughn stars as the Anthony Perkins, Roman Bates type. And what, here's the worst part about it. It's one thing to make a remake. Go, well, I just want people to see this movie, and I want to pay homage to Hitchcock. But it was a shot-for-shot remake. Like, yeah. what, what's the point of it? Why don't I just watch the original? Why would I remake this movie to have the exact same thing, at least be inspired by this? Listen, Scorsese was a departed. That's a remake of Infernal Affairs. But you go, hey, it's a foreign film not a lot of people saw. I'd like to bring it to a wider audience. And boom, the departed wins that picture, etc. In the case of Psycho, you're right. Just an abomination that Van Sant did the remake. But, um, yeah, I, I, the, the show that I would recommend, because so many people love binge-watching, I, not that I'm averse to it, but, of course, movies are my first love, so I don't watch as much TV. I mean, there's exceptions. I love Better Call Saul. I love uh, Barry on HBO. So the show that I watch, and I'm embarrassed it took me so late to watch it, is Succession, which is on HBO. I mean, it is sensational. And I did not realize how good it was. I was aware of it. I know people have talked about it. They won the Golden Globe, and Brian Cox is a star. But it debuted two years ago. You know what I found shocking is this. In this age of social media and spoiler alerts, I couldn't believe my wife and I watched all 20 episodes of Succession over the last two weeks and thoroughly enjoyed them, and nobody spoiled them for me. Like, not once did I know, oh, I already read about this, or somebody yeah. told me this happens. Like, that, that's pretty, that's very rare in this day that that actually happens. If you took it a show, which is an examination of the 1% of the 1%, a mm-hmm. Murdoch-type family, and it is just scathing. It's so well-written and so caustic. Oh, I'll tell you, man, you can tell this man loves him some movies. I watched the first two episodes of that. I didn't really like it, but I've heard it's really good, so I'm going to go back and continue watching it. Adnan Burke. 
This is last quarter of success because you're right. The first episode is excellent, but episodes two, three, and four are middling. And my wife was saying, let's punt on this. I don't get right. it. We're not into it. But after that, it does turn the corner. So okay. it does reward patience. I only say this. The second season is like a hit from start to finish. Episodes one through ten, you will not be able to get enough of it. Okay. All right, before we let you go, and i, I got to get it back to one last baseball question. Because you're from Canada, you were talking about Expo fans, and of course one of the proposals, which we're not going to see this year, is the Montreal X-Rays. Tampa and the Rays splitting a team. Is that going to work in either city? I, I couldn't imagine it happening. I mean, I love the idea that this even could happen. Like, I'd love to have baseball in Montreal again, and I'd love to go wherever they need to go. There are a couple of issues, one of which, of course, logistically. So let's suppose a guy lives in Galveston, Texas. He hangs up there with his wife and kids. Then he goes to spring training and plays half the year in Tampa and then goes to Montreal. I mean, the, the amount of taxes that you're paying, you're living in three different places. Like, I just think logistically, why would a player want to do that? I could see the players being very averse to that. I'm, I'm sure they've already made noise about it. The other part of it is this, is that, you know, what if the team plays better in one area or the other? Like, what if in Tampa, like, they, they're really good at home, and also they go to Montreal, they stink. Like, as a team, as a fan base, you'd be so annoyed saying, God, once we go to Montreal, our, our season is going to go on the tank. Well, I'd love and that super- as a gambler. <laughs> yeah. but I was going to say, gambling-wise, it would be funny to figure out, okay, when is it actually home field for these guys? Does it matter? Does it hurt them, et cetera? Um, I, I just love the jersey idea. I just would love to see a split of the Rays and the Expos and figure out what the heck that is. And listen, if it meant it would start towards having a team full-time back in Montreal, and God, something to replace the Big O, which was such an eyesore, then I'd be in favor of it. But Montreal would have to get a new stadium first. That's the big issue. No, I agree with you. And, of course, the Chez Paris and then Tampa Bay, <laughs> Dale Mabry comparisons. Oh, yeah. What, which city has the best uh, gentlemen's clubs? Well, I got to go. Montreal, Chez Paris, or you got to go, you know, Mons Venus uh, in Tampa? I got to go sample Montreal first to make that. You've never been make, to the Chez no, Paris, huh? I've never been to Montreal. It's an outreach. Now, Adnan's a Toronto guy, but he sounds like he has love for Montreal. Is that common up there in Canada? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I find that generally Canadians are not as territorial. I mean, it's like, listen, I'm from Toronto, I grew up there, but I love Montreal, six-hour drive, nice to get away. But definitely, I mean, listen, English-French relations have been strained over the years. I find that some of it comes more from the other side. The Francophones, the Quebecers may be more resistant to a bunch of uh, Ontario boys showing up in their city. But for Torontonians to love Montreal, I don't think it's an The great Adnan Burke, you're not getting this kind of breakdown of baseball, hockey... <laughs> Strip clubs, movies. I mean, this is pretty much, you can't have a more complete segment. Part of a nutritious breakfast and all the other sort of things. Adnan, great to talk to you again, brother. Hope everything's all right. Be careful out there, man. Thanks so much, Tony. You guys as well. I mean, we talked about essential workers. This was an essential conversation. I appreciate it.